0: If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, check out the Classic Football Shirts HQ at the box in Hackney, screening every World Cup match with a pop-up shop, World Cup artwork and a small shirt display from the 14th to the 24th of June. Tickets for guaranteed entry can be bought through Eventbrite. Just search Classic Football Shirts London. This is Gareth Southgate and this is the Three Lines podcast. Hello there and welcome to episode 23 of the Three Lions podcast. My name's Russell Osborne, so here we are, it's here. There is something about the World Cup that really gives me that kid at Christmas feeling. The anticipation, the building, the nervousness, the excitement. I'm probably in the minority, but I get more excited about it than the start of a new league season. Might be to do with the sun always shines, the colours of the shirts exotic players on show, I don't know, but I just love it. The Olympics are often referred to as the greatest show on earth, but the World Cup has to be the greatest show in the universe. I don't know what sports they play in a galaxy far, far away, but they'll be hard pushed to have a tournament with more edge of your seat, more controversial and something that generally everyone is talking about for a month than the Football World Cup. The England team have flown out from Birmingham, all suited and booted by MS they've had the obligatory pre-flight photos. Well, I didn't see the one where they were all together on the plane steps. It's all about to kick off with hosts Russia against Saudi Arabia on Thursday the 14th of June. It's after the opening ceremony, where they've dug out Robbie Williams for. Perhaps not the most mouth-watering of ties, but it is the start of non-stop football, as I say, for the best part of a month culminating in the final on the 15th of July in Moscow. I'd also like to say thank you to Classic Football Shirts for their support for the podcast over the duration of England's stay in Russia. Let's hope it lasts longer than three podcasts. Now they are screening every match at the box in Hackney, London. For more information, check them out at CFSLDN on Twitter. Now for some, silverware has already been lifted. Stick with us, I'll explain more. But first... Thursday 7th of June, Leeds United's Elland Road was the venue for England's last warm-up against fellow World Cup qualifiers Costa Rica. Sun was shining as we made our way up the M1, passing fellow fans along the way. This was the first England home game I'd been to, away from Wembley, since we faced Turkey at Manchester City in 2016. Hopefully, it's the start of going around the country again, because in comparison to recent Wembley matches, the atmosphere was great. Lots of singing, chanting, particularly enjoying the you-can-stick-your-Mexican-wave-up-ya. You. Now, whoever is in charge of choosing venues shouldn't have needed much persuasion for doing this again in the future. There's rumours that the Switzerland game will be played at Leicester, or at least somewhere in the Midlands. So, looking forward to that. But getting home afterwards at half two in the morning, I do take my hat off to those that do the reverse journey for Wembley. It is a hard slog especially with work shortly after a quick snooze so there i was standing in the south stand i was at that frustrating height where i was directly behind the goal with a crossbar right at eye level so i was either tiptoeing up or crouching down whilst also trying to block the low sun from my eyes Southgate made some wholesale changes to the side that faced Nigeria. Starting lineup: of Butland, Jones, Stones, Maguire, Henderson who was captain, and Liverpool's Trent Alexander-Arnold made his debut. After Cheek was in there, Delph, Rose, Vardy and Rashford. In the second half saw some multiple substitutions, which meant across the, the two games, every player of the squad had had some time on the pitch. Now... Wasn't Marcus Rashford's first half goal sublime? Picking the ball up from Loftus' cheek, one touch, then bang. From an angle outside of the box, up and over Real Madrid's Halo Navas. Superb effort. Then, Danny Welbeck, in my opinion, justified his position. Heading in Alley's shot shotgun cross. A 16 now for Welbeck, the squad's top scorer. All in all, a positive result. No injuries, no goals conceded against a team that, frankly, I don't think will make it out of Group E when they play uh, Brazil, Switzerland and Serbia. But England are given a good send-off, much better than the last time we played before a major tournament. Seem to remember leaving Wembley in 2016 after a poor game against Portugal, which in hindsight felt like a prelude to what was to come in France. Now, going back to the venue, despite there only being 36,000 in there, there was more noise generated there than any recent Wembley game of any note. In fact, looking back, the last time England had a home game with less than 36,000 was quite a while ago, August 2004, when we beat Ukraine 3-0 at St James's Park, Newcastle. Well, there was 35,500 there. So, as I said, here's hoping for some more home-aways, as it were. Despite the late night and early-to-work scenario, providing we win, of course... for us in our warm-up games. 2-1 against Nigeria and 2-0 more recently against Costa Rica. But how have our Group G opponents fared? Not that you can generally read a great deal into them, but Tunisia drew 2-2 away at Portugal and then lost by a goal to nil against Spain. Spain scoring on 84 minutes. Panama drew 0-0 with Northern Ireland, then lost by a goal to nil against Norway. Belgium, they drew 0-0 with Portugal beat fellow World Cup participants Egypt 3-0. And after we'd beat Costa Rica by two goals to nil, Belgium beat them by four goals to one. Plenty of familiar names scoring for Belgium. Lukaku, Hazard, Fellaini and Batshuayi all on the score sheet, I think. That game in Kaliningrad, the last game of the group England against Belgium, that will decide who finishes first and second not going to be a dead rubber, it will decide who will finish first and second. Really looking forward to going out to Kaliningrad for that one. So it's not far away now before Group G begins, Monday June the 18th. Belgium against Panama will have finished. At 7 p.m. English and Tunisian time, England face mm-hmm. Tunisia, Volgograd. Grad. Yeah. And here to yeah. tell us about it from a Tunisian point of view is Tunisian freelance sports journalist and correspondent. is Suhal. Hello there. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Good. So, yeah, as you said, Tunisia
1: is going to face England in Volga Grad on June 18th. Um, It's quite a remarkable event. This is the first World Cup appearance for Tunisia in 12 years, and their fifth overall. It's it's a very exciting event that I can say that all Tunisians are waiting for. Uh, They're very excited about this game, they're very optimistic as well. They're hoping for, um, actually, Tunisians would dare say that they will beat the English (laughs) in this (laughs) game. It's a game i has been is looking forward to.
0: That, is that the feeling. I mean, I, I've been to Tunisia before. I've been to, to Sousse, Sfax, Tunis. Uh, I've even oh. stayed at the, uh, the original Star Wars film set, Luke Skywalker's Tatooine home, which uh it's actually oh. in Matmata, isn't it? Originally
1: from Tatooine. Oh, there you go. Really?
0: Been on the I've been on the oh, set that I've a, stayed.
1: What a what a small
0: world. <laughs> Indeed. But, but I've never seen Tunisia from the football aspect. What the feeling for football at the moment in Tunisia?
1: Well, it's um, in all honesty, it, it, no, Tunisia is really, and Tunisians are really big on football as well. But sadly, the the Tunisian football atmosphere hasn't really been the best lately. We've had we've had a lot of crowd trouble. We've had uh, multiple games and a lot of teams playing behind closed doors. There's there's like violence and on an almost like weekly basis. But football, like other than that, like when it comes to like the national team and everything, football is like a really huge thing here in Tunisia. Um, Tunisians are big fans of football. We're now in the month of uh, Ramadan, where people fast and everything. But uh, you would walk around like the neighborhoods, for example, like and you would find these mini football tournaments everywhere. Like in every neighborhood, there would be a tournament. Usually, you compete around five, six p.m. until it's time to breakfast. So it's it's a favorite pastime activity. But unfortunately, on a professional level in the league, there, there's been there's been some trouble with found with 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 some certain alter groups and with the police forces. And in all honesty, like the police haven't really been handling certain situations well. Right. let's say a, a fan has been killed he was found dead in the canal like he was allegedly chased by police forces so the the, the scene is is very tense with the minister of sports calling certain fans stadium terrorists right but overall uh, people are really excited about the uh, now well now the season's <laughs> over and so people have put sort of put that behind them and now I'm more focused on the World Cup. Come, but yeah, people are really excited about the England game.
0: Let's let's talk about that England game. How do you see it going? Because of course we've we've only met twice before. It was a uh, one all yeah. draw back in nineteen ninety, and then more famously in France ninety eight, which was again an opening World Cup game for both sides. So it's yeah. uh, England 2 uh-huh. in uh, in Marseille. Yeah.
1: Well, um, you can't really compare the nineteen ninety eight team to the two thousand eighteen team. I was like, what? Oh wow 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It's already been 20 years since the famous Marseille clashes <laughs> with the back then um, hooligans. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the team's uh, teams change a lot actually. Um, Tunisian teams more um, aggressive, uh, more competitive. Uh, you know I, mean, I think I think what I, like this is a personal opinion but the first our first World Cup appearance is like the 1978, right? So we've had um, I would dare say that the team has been like had a, started at a peak in 1978, and people still consider that to be our best World Cup run. So that was we have 1978, then it sort of went downhill from there, like with 90, 1998, 2002, and 2006. We haven't really accomplished anything, but now it seems that the, the team is back and rise again with um there's a lot of great players They're highly technical uh, great we have great midfielders amazing strikers even though that we've lost our star player but we have a lot of uh, lot of we have a lot of great players uh, Tunisian team is very relies heavily on like collective team spirit so this is something that people are really excited about because well everyone's uh, everyone knows understand what's and stands what's at stake here. So the feeling rather confident that
0: we might actually be able to take down the English the, the Lions. <laughs> you mentioned your star man it's it's Yusuf Muscani is it? Yusuf muscani
1: Yusuf I you mean,
0: mean how much of us? Yusuf
1: muscani mean like the weasel. Uh, okay. How much of a blow is like, that? Are,
0: are people still talking about it? Is it already going to be used this, as an excuse?
1: No, 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 no. Like, people are no longer talking about it. But when it first happened, like it was a, it was a really devastating blow. I think the, the coach, the national team coach, he even says it's um, Argentina is playing without Messi or Portugal playing without Cristiano. Yeah. So just to give you an idea of how significant this player is for us, but no. We've actually we've been we've been uh, like we've had our time to grieve and <laughs> but now but now we've been like basically got over. it. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a horrible moment for everyone. Even like a lot of Tunisians tuned in to watch their game and just to to see him go down was like um, how do I say this? Like a, a gut wrenching feeling, you know what I mean? Like right. no, why is this happening to us? Like less than a, I think it was like back in April. So that's like. Less than from the, from the World Cup, this happens to us. Yeah, it was a horrible. It was horrible. But now, actually, we've, see, we've seen Tunisia play the last um, the last two friendly games. It wasn't. We're actually like, you know what? We can actually get by. It's not that bad. It would be great to have him. Like, it would be a, a huge plus. But even without him, we're doing really well. So,
0: who else on the team? Is, uh, should we look out for?
1: Actually, like, we have a lot of great forwards. Like Khazri, he plays for Ren. I think he played for Sunderland as well. Right. We have Wahbil We have, Khazri, we, have um, we have Anis Bedri, Naim Sili, uh, great defenders. Like we have Ali Magloul, uh, Rami Bidwi. Midfielders. We have a, uh, the Tunisian Tunisian national team's strengths are really the midfield and the forwards. Yeah, we have very, as I said, like highly technical players in the midfield and and highly technical attackers as well. So I think that Tunisia is gonna, his main aim is gonna be to um, to try to strike hard and like attack and main, uh, gain possession of the ball in the minf- in the midfield and move from there. Because and let's let's face it, this is not like a, a state secret. Tunisia's defense is not is really not at its best shape, to be honest. So they're gonna. No. They're going to try, try to avoid using their defence as much. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to they're gonna try to keep possession midfield and forward. They're not going to try to play ball in the defence because this is not their strongest point, to
0: be honest. You qualified top of your group just ahead of uh, DR Congo, didn't you? And way ahead of Libya and Guinea. Um, so alongside Morocco, Nigeria, Egypt and Senegal... You represent Africa, and, and it's particularly North, North Africa. Heavy. Isn't
2: it? You yeah. often
0: hear that Africans will be supporting each other. Is that right, or is it sort of a myth?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's right. Especially, especially, the people who are going to be supporting each other. Okay. In all honesty, I don't want to like. I don't want this to sound like to come out the wrong, or to come out the wrong way. But I, I would say, I would dare say that. Tunisians will support the Moroccans and the Egyptians and the same for the Egyptians who will support the Moroccans and the Tunisians and the um, the Moroccans they will support the Tunisians and the Egyptians cuz basically the North Africans they'll support each other we're yeah. not really in the best terms North Africans we're not the best we don't have like the best relationship with like sub-saharan african teams cuz it's a very it's a highly competitive it's, we're very competitive against each other, you know what I mean? Yes but given the, um, given the fact that we have like three we have three Arab African teams, Tunisia, Egypt and Morocco all competing in the World Cup. So yeah, they will be cheering for each other. You will find Tunisians watching Morocco's games. you will find Tunisians watching Egypt's game, even though we, we have a huge rivalry with Egypt. But you know what it is, um, like, for example, like, if there's a, a conflict of interest, of course, I'm going to support myself, I'm not going to support Egypt. But as a, as a, basically Egypt are our neighbours, so we have to support them.
2: Yeah, you have, no you have what, a different
0: so. mentality to, uh, say, perhaps what I or, or other English people would do. Because if we, if Scotland were in the World Cup or, or Wales, no, <laughs> no, whoever they were oh. playing, they, they could be playing, <laughs> I don't know. Some I could be playing even if, Peru. Even if or,
1: there's no conflict.
0: No, no, it's not a Scotland even if, lose.
1: Even if, even if, even if Scotland won, even if Scotland's victory means has nothing to do with you guys, you still will support the other team. Of course,
0: of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, it
1: doesn't work. <laughs> like your neighbours, like you guys are like right next to each other. So
0: it doesn't work like that over here, I'm afraid. And the Scots oh, would say yeah, exactly the same about us. But but hey, no, yeah. that's something else. That's something else. So uh, so you you've never made it past the group stage in in four World Cups. You mentioned '78 there, where it all started. Can you do it this time? Can you get out the group?
1: I think I think we can. Just 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 to give you um, an idea of what's it like here. This is how a lot of people see it. Okay, worst case scenario, like well, for many people. We get a victory over Panama. We get a yeah. tie with England. They give us what four points. All right, that should be enough to, yeah. to make it through the next stage. What? Belgium has nine points. They've won three games. England has four points as well. What? We have of, a, a so
0: difference. we bombard
1: Panama with goals. We have yeah. enough goals to over <laughs> to qualify over England. So yeah. So what? We got Belgium nine, Tunisia four, England four, Panama zero.
0: I may not agree with it, but I like <laughs> your confidence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is how some people see. This is how some people see it, but others are really confident that we might actually be able to pull something off. Really, I mean, our confidence was bit was a bit shaken after we have seen the England versus Nigeria game, and I'm not gonna lie, that was a scary show. I haven't actually, I haven't, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not, going to i am not i have not personally seen the game, but I've seen a lot of reactions about the game, Yeah. I had that England were, let's say, nearly annihilated. Nigeria, the, even the, in like, Nigeria, because we consider Nigeria to be a very strong, aggressive team. And to see them, they've made almost no attempts or no shots, and they were like bombarded by England. That was like, okay, I think we might have like underestimated the English. Yeah, So we're more, we're more afraid of Belgium than we are of England, to be honest. Okay. Right. Because a lot of Tunisians they watch and they keep up with the English team and the English Premier League, and they they all know like that the Premier the English Premier League is a really good competition like it's what it's one of the best in the world. But but there's this belief that the English team is it's not a the English team is not a reflection. Um, I mean the Premier League is not a reflection of the of the English team. Yeah. As far as like I don't know if you guys share the same belief, but here in Tunisia. It's not. It's like it, it, everyone's like, oh, the, the the Premier League and everything, but they're like it's the Premier League. The English team is a whole different story. But that 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 idea was shattered once we uh, once we seen once we seen England play in Nigeria. We're very optimistic because we hope we hope we can. We're, oh, we're definitely one one hundred and twenty percent confident that we're gonna beat Panama. Right. I don't think there will be a surprise for Benin, but but I will. But what I will say is, there might be a surprise for England uh, from Tunisia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. The um, no one, no the no one would dare underestimate the English team. It's one of the best in the world, and this is one of the team. England is in the World Cup to win the World Cup. If I'm not mistaken, yes, this is what yeah. they're in there for. The, unlike Tunisia, we're just there to. You know, like, if we get past the group's historical event for Tunisians. But this is not the Tunisia everyone knows and everyone's used to. This is a a new, this is a Tunisia 2.0. It's like an updated version where everyone sticks together. There's a group. there's a big team spirit. Everyone's very optimistic. All players are very familiar with each other. They know, they know how, they know their style of play. They know how what the other player likes and dislikes and how they mm. yeah basically there's like it's the team, the national team is now more of a family atmosphere, atmosphere. so that's why that's what we're very
0: optimistic about okay you you said you were filming for channel 4 is that something that's sort of on the telly over here yeah yeah what's what's that called i don't i don't know, i don't know exactly what the program is going to be called but on
1: june 17th
0: uh okay so um the day before like the the day
1: before the game channel it's, it's gonna be, be about like violence and tunisian stadiums and um crowd troubles and
0: channel what, what... four are doing the doing uh the business of building it up rather than than looking at the, fo- the football aspect they're they're already going at the uh the potential violence aspect
1: uh no 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 no, no. i no i i I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it that way. No, no, because we've we've had conversations, and I've had conversations with with multiple people. Really, There's the violence. The doesn't really travel with the Tunisian national team. And even we've had a, we've interviewed a couple of ultras. They have specifically said like, we do not care about the team. I mean, Wrong. this is the. Uh, I mean, I mean, let's face it. Violence in Tunisian stadiums stems from. These confrontations that occur between ultras and police forces. And if one of the elements... I mean, this is basically a reaction. You need ultras and police forces. If one of them is not there, nothing is going to happen. You know no. what I mean? The ultras, they don't show up for the national team games. That's one thing. So there's no violence or there's no trouble in any way. Second, um, the national team has players from different, different clubs... All across Tunisia, so yeah. this is it's one thing that, that that can really unite everyone I despite the differences. I you see. have supporters from Club Africa sitting next to each other, next to supporters for Esperance, which would never happen. So that's the only occasion where they get to cheer together for the same team. So, yeah. so where will you be watching the games? I will be watching the games here in Tunisia. Yeah. I will be, like, probably, like, running around looking for places where there will be, like, fan areas of, like... I'm not sure, like, but I just heard that there will be, like... I found out about this place where they, have, well, they will have, like, a huge screen set up for like, for people to watch and cheer and everything. So, But I'll be keeping an eye out for those ones as well. Reporting the, they need to be reporting the atmosphere. For like Because I'm going to be writing about the atmosphere here in Tunisia for, like, for the cough and for, like, the... Uh, writing for like Copa 90 and everything so I'm gonna be everywhere
0: basically so where where can we read those where can we read those articles that you're writing should we want to?
1: Uh, Sure I mean if if anything if you find anything I I usually contribute the green lines to BBC Sports or like recently did one with Sky Sports. I'm gonna be doing if you find videos from Tunisia and Copa 90 that would be my videos. If you find um yeah if you find articles in Tunisia on the CAF, the African Football Confederation website, I, I'm the provider of those and I'm the CAF correspondent. So right. and various
0: really, various outlets. Okay, and you're on Twitter. Are You open to people contacting you?
1: Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm on I'm on Twitter. My my messages are open. I try to get back to everyone. I try to get reply to everyone, and I try to. I always to someone like leaves me drops me a message or leaves me a comment I'm all, I'm always sure to I make sure to reply to them so right.
0: well I'll uh, i I'll mention your Twitter and I'll, I'll just spell it out which is at S-K-M-I-R-A. Um, and I'll, I'll put links to it um, on our Twitter page as well and, and I'll let people know if they want to contact you ahead of the the uh, Ahead of the Tunisia game. But um, Suhil, thank you very much for joining us on the Freelines podcast. Thank
1: you. Thank you, man. Have a great day. And you enjoy the World Cup. Good luck. Thank you. We will be you. We will be England.
0: <laughs> if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Check out the Classic Football Shirts HQ at The Box in Hackney, screening every World Cup match with a pop-up shop, World Cup artwork and a small shirt display. From the 14th to the 24th of June, tickets for guaranteed entry can be bought through Eventbrite. Just search Classic Football Shirts London. Now on the last podcast we left the under-21s just before they played their semi-final against Scotland in the Toulon tournament. Last year on their way to winning the tournament we beat Scotland 3-0. This year we let Scotland score first but still ran out 3-1 winners. Arsenal's Eddie and are having a great game setting up Everton's Callum Connolly for the equaliser then he grabbed two himself. We then met Mexico in the final on Saturday the 9th. The Young Lions had previously drawn nil-nil with Mexico during the group stage, so there was knowledge of the opposition. This is a tournament England had won for the previous two years, so pressure was on to make it three in a row. Mexico took the lead in near 30 degrees heat. However, England fought back when Middlesbrough's Dale Fry poked home after the Mexican keeper had made a mistake. Then... Just before half-time, Everton's Kieran Dow got the winner after fine work, again from Arsenal's Eddie Nketiah. The trophy stays at St George's Park, or is it Wembley, for another year? Well done boys, and well done manager Aidy Boothroyd. Surely, with recent trophy wins for a variety of age groups, there has to be something bigger on the horizon. I think we all think this forthcoming World Cup is just a little too soon. But there is some potential to add some of these players to the current seniors we have. We really do have a team capable of going far in either two or four years' time, in my opinion. Also in the last podcast, you may remember we spoke with Daniel English, joint captain of the England blind team. Now they've been in action in the IBSA Blind World Championships, taking place in Madrid. Things started really well for the boys. A 4-0 win against Marley. Then, however, they lost 3-0 to Brazil, who Dan told us they would be tough, but that just left Costa Rica to play. The boys ran out 7-1 winners and, in doing so, qualified for the knockout rounds. Hopefully, we can let you know how they get on in a future podcast. Now, let's not forget the ladies. The Lionesses were also in action on Friday the 8th of June in a World Cup qualifier out in Russia before the men. Now the ladies had already beaten the Russians six 0 last September, and a convincing three one victory with all the goals coming in the first half. Nikita Paris getting the first, then Jill Scott with a brace. Both Paris and Scott are from Manchester City's ladies. At left, Phil Neville's team top of Group A, two points ahead of Wales. Now the two games left for the girls are away at Wales in August, and then they face Pointless and Bottom Side. Kazakhstan in September to hopefully seal their journey to the World Cup in France next year. So the FA have said that there will be no official England World Cup song. You may think this is a good thing. Well, I don't mind a decent football tune that makes you smile. Or that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. I'm thinking New Order's World in Motion. Or, after hearing it being sung on the terraces at Elland Road, Three Lions. Now, I'm not old enough to remember back home from 1970, but I have managed to erase, and deck, and embrace from my mind. I thought it'd be fun to give some of the more unofficial efforts I mention. Perhaps it's the old radio DJ in me coming out. But here are five tunes that England fans have penned I'll put links to all of them on the Three Lions podcast Twitter. Uh, should you want to follow them up, also I'll, I'll, uh, I'll whack them on Facebook as well. Now first up, we have Lions Out Loud with the Russian Bride Song. and You can seek One them out on Twitter teams, at Bonkers Engine. It's a long way to win the will, Cup. It's a long way to go. It's a long way to meet my true love
2: She's the sweetest girl I know Goodbye, Lily Farewell, Reggie Squares It's a long, long way to win the World Cup And my bride's right there
1: Ringing your
2: old footy band
0: out loud there and the Russian Bride song next up Miles Bradley and England's Dreamy you can follow Miles at Miles underscore Bradley
2: right big game today lads Look sharp, the ball, find that ground, We won't let anyone get in our way We got the cross of St. George We won the world Cup before And we'll remember the old holy day We are England and we're on tour. It's not like you haven't seen us before Look we'll at get the friends on our side With our hearts full of pride And we'll cheer on the boys as they score
0: Miles Bradley, England's dreaming there. Next up on our top five list of five of unofficial England World Cup songs is Paul Ballo Ballington. You can follow him at Paul Ballo, B A L L O. This is called I'd Love It.
2: To bring the vindaloo
0: little bit it's got podcast gold written all over it hasn't it i'll be up for awards left right and center when these come out there's paul Borlo ballington i'd love it next up on our unofficial england world cup 2018 unofficial songs is the diamond formation this is called russia call in brackets i'm on the plane you can follow them at the diamond form It was a tough old summer in 2016 A bit disappointing for the England team My boys were so-so and Roy had to go And then in Cape he's a geezer, don't you know? He's done a good job with the tools at hand Our qualification went ahead as planned We got a good set of lads, he hasn't done it on his own Is that a noise I can hear? Redemptions on the phone Forget the pain, forget the history Get on the plane, optimistically We ain't Spain and we ain't Germany But we're gay, let's kick it off Come in
2: and
0: Saint Peter's
2: lions
0: roaring. Now our England team is full of stars, more than Belgium, Tunisia and Panama. First name on the team sheet, Harry Kane and Kyle Walker. Get on the plane. Harry Maguire taking me higher. Delhi Alley, Eric Dyer. Vardy's got his Russian rubles. Now
2: all he needs is some sterling through balls. Forget
0: the pain, forget the history. Get on the plane. Harry Maguire taking me higher. I love it. That is the diamond formation and Russia calling. Someone's got some Alan Partridge fascination going on there, haven't they? Right, last up on our unofficial England 2018 World Cup songs, goes to Game Jam, and this is their song Three Lions Cursed. You can follow them at Game Jam HD. He's
2: on the phone, he's on the-
0: jam three lions curse you can follow them at game jam HD there we go our top five unofficial England 2018 World Cup songs how are your ears no seriously well done to all of you thank you for uh thank you for letting me play them to be honest I take my hat off to you uh, you've spent time writing those recording them and putting them out there. So, uh, well done to you. As I say, I will put links to all of those on our Facebook and Twitter pages. You can follow them up as you wish. There we are. That's enough from me. Time to let the players do the talking on the pitch. Thank you to Suhar for giving us the lowdown on our Tunisian opponents. If you're heading out to Russia, safe journey. Enjoy the games. Hopefully this may have provided you with some in-flight entertainment or a cure for insomnia on those overnight trains. I'll be back with you, hopefully very soon after the game, to digest it and also preview Panama. As before, if you want your say on the game, get in touch via Twitter, at Three Lions podcast, or search on Facebook. If you fancy being on the podcast... Open up your microphone on your phone, give us 30 seconds and email it to 3lionspodcast at gmail.com. As three spelt T-H-R-E-E. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. So until then, take care. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, check out the Classic Football Shirts HQ at The Box in Hackney, screening every World Cup match with a pop-up shop, World Cup artwork and a small shirt display from the 14th to the 24th of June. Tickets for guaranteed entry can be bought through Eventbrite. Just search Classic Football Shirts London.